0: Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. (laughs) I've kind of been hunkering down since I moved to Killarney. (laughs) Um, Moving from Brandon, I decided I better stay close to home because somebody new in the community during this whole pandemic thing. You know, you just kind of want to be a little bit sensitive to everyone Anyway, my name's Catherine Henry, and I'm the executive director at the Pregnancy Support Center in Brandon. Um, I just brought a couple of pictures with me this morning, and I'm still a bit old school. (laughs) You know, I have my paper, and then I have my, my iPad, so... Anyway, many of you are familiar with the center. Uh, You may have just driven by or you may have stopped in. It's my first time speaking here at your church, so I really appreciate it. But this is our uh, ministry center at 229 Princess Avenue. (coughs) We just had the trees cut down along the road from us, because so now you can see the building a wee bit better than you did before. So what do we do there? The, the people that we want to reach are the abortion-vulnerable women and also those that have chosen abortion who are wounded and hurting in our community. So somebody comes in the office and they say, I think I'm pregnant, so what do we do? Um, A baby should be a joyous occasion, and I love to see the generations in the church this morning. Um, There's there's four generations in my family now. I'm kind of the matriarch, and... (laughs) I now have a great-granddaughter and another great-granddaughter on the way. Um, I've been in ministry for 12 years, 10 inside a church, in the last 20-plus months at the center. And my role there is to kind of help transition um, into um, the next generation, the next generation of people that are men and women that are going to lead this ministry. So a baby should be a joyful occasion, but when um, there's a young woman that is faced with an unexpected pregnancy, uh, there's often fear and anxiety and shame. And so we, we want to help her through that time in her life by showing her love and care and support. Now, when they come in, sometimes, um, and I have to be sensitive to the young folks, um, but some of the stories are very, very painful to hear. And so my role is to listen, and I'm continually praying to the Lord through uh, meeting these young women, and I hear their pain, and I hear their concern, and we help them walk through the journey of their choices. The first room that you see um, is where we we do what's called options counselling, and that's where we walk a young woman through um, how her feelings are about parenting, because a lot of them are on their own, uh, about adoption, and we do explain her other option of abortion. Many have an issue with us doing that. However, we feel that they need to know what it is that they're heading into if they do choose that route because they are already a mother. And so that is a loss. And um, many, many times it's years later before that, realization hits them and so we're there for them at that time as well all we can do is pray and hope that she chooses life we're actually in a bit of a a flux at the center right now with the whole COVID. you'll notice in the the one picture uh, we have two chairs in there and we're fairly close together (laughs) So now we have to rip out that big desk that's there and space a little bit differently. So we are part of um, a global network of pregnancy care centers um, across Canada. There's 70 centers. We're linked with the US and also globally. During the pandemic, I've been able to take in a couple of international conferences that have been virtual, ones that I normally would not have been able to get to. So in 2019, uh, we had 24 babies born at the center and each of the mums, when baby is born, is given a layout and the layout Includes everything kind of that she would need to uh, take baby home. Everything from a soother to diapers to, and if there's something else that she needs, uh, we resource it for whether that's a stroller or a car seat or everything that we all know babies need when they come along. So we support these mums and their families from ba- From the baby stage, sometimes a preemie. We had a preemie born just last month up to uh, size two. So 2019, as I said, 24 babies born. So far in 2020, even with the lockdown, we've had 11 babies born up to the end of July. Uh, we've had 36 new clients, which means that a woman that's pregnant uh, needs just some emotional support or some supply-type support. Um, out of the 36 new clients, six of them were in age group 15 to 19, and 13 were age 35 or older. So we're not just dealing with, um, a lot of people think it's, you know, the high school girls that we're dealing with, we're not. They're everything from single to living together to married. So we see the whole range of, of uh, clients. We, up until the end of July, we had 141 client visits. So that's 141 times that we can love the women that come in the door. Some of them don't feel valued, and so we want to ensure that when they come in, that they are important to us and that their children are important to us. We do have some immigrants and refugees that are our clients, and we've helped many of them get started. Uh, we, we work closely um, when a woman uh, is thinking and perhaps choosing to have baby adopted. Um, we work with adoption options out of Winnipeg. We do not uh, match potential parents to the baby. So far this year we had one young woman that wanted to put baby up for adoption. So Adoption Options uh, came out and met with her and her family. I met with her and her mom, and uh, the process was moving along. She had um, chosen a family that she wanted baby to go to, but when baby was born, she changed her mind. And so now we are supporting her in any way that we can to parent this baby. Uh, chubby little boy. (laughs) Um, The next picture is of our care closet. In our basement, we have uh, three rooms, uh, two of them that are literally filled with baby items and maternity clothes. And in 2019, there was over a thousand items that were given out. Excuse me, I don't have COVID. (laughs) Isn't it funny when you go in somewhere, you're scared to even if you've got a tickle in your throat? Um, I only have one vocal cord, so I often have a a tickle in my throat. And I always feel bad. (laughs) You just say to yourself, Lord, when is this all going to be over? But I think it's going to be a wee while. So we, you know, we gave away over thousand care closet items, everything from formula, diapers, soothers, bottles, clothes, um, all the way up. Uh, so far in 2020, over 500. And items are like a bag of clothes, and so we don't count every diaper. And it's a real blessing to these mums to come in and um, be able to choose clothing for their children. All of our services are free, everything from the pregnancy test all the way through to the items in our care closet. One of our new things that we launched this year uh, is our online training programs called Bright Course. And these courses are developed, they're short video, with some questions and answers for the mum and the counsellor to work with, or the client advocate. We don't call them counsellors anymore. <laughs> we got to get the right terminology. Anyway, we want to support these mums and dads from pregnancy to parenting and onward. So these courses are um, everything from prenatal classes all the way to um personal development and everything in between. Somebody comes in and says, I'm having a terrible time getting my baby to sleep at night, then we probably have a class for that. So it's wonderful. Um, We need to get out into the community a little bit more, but of course, with the lockdown, we kind of got stopped on that one. So now I just want to talk about the third option that these gals choose, and that is abortion. And I'm just watching my time. I don't want the tomatoes to start throwing at me. <laughs> <laughs> I recently attended a virtual uh, international conference online addressing the issue of post-abortion grief, and here in Manitoba, one in five pregnancies end in abortion, and so basically what they're saying is one in three of us have been affected in some way by an abortion in our immediate uh, circle, whether that's Personally, a friend, a family member, um, it's there. So there is a lot of hurt out there, and we are trying to do more to be able to reach these women um, so that they can receive the healing that is there for them and the forgiveness of Jesus. And not many of them come to us yet. But last year was interesting. I'm not sure if anybody saw the movie Unplanned. But I had a woman from the church come to me that had had an abortion 40 years ago, and she had never been able to speak about it. And so we were able to walk together through that journey and help her to heal and to lay that at the foot of the cross. <coughs> Uh, the last slide I have is our major fundraiser that we kicked off last year, uh, which is our baby bottle fundraiser campaign. Last year, from Mother's Day to Father's Day, um, churches and businesses took the baby bottles and filled them with their change. And so it was collected back after Father's Day. Last year, believe it or not, our first year, we raised over $16,000 dollars. This year, we had to make the decision, because of COVID, that we couldn't do the baby bottles. Um, so we, we kind of went virtual in a hurry. And we raised 6000 So, I mean, that was good, considering, you know, everything was kind of on lockdown, right? We couldn't go anywhere. And so next year, we're hoping that things have passed and we're able to go back to distributing the baby bottles. And just a final note on on the abortions. Um, there's over a hundred thousand uh, abortion choices a year in Canada. So it's it's sad. We want to reach the women before they choose abortion the second time, because oftentimes that's what happens. Now, we do have Cairo's maternity home. Many of you may have heard of the home. We're in a bit of a transition with the home at the moment. Uh, we do have a beautiful home. and But, you know, our clients have changed. Clients have changed over the last... I've been involved in the ministry off and on for almost 20 years. And our clients have changed. And so we're taking a look... The board is working right now on an assessment plan on where we need to go and what needs to happen and and how we move forward. And in the home we've had eight babies born, Um, the mums that have stayed there uh, during their pregnancy and birth and then they've stayed for six or more months after baby's born. That's basically the shortened version of what we do. We do covet your your prayers uh, that we reach these young women um, that are abortion vulnerable. Many, many times in a week, there is a call about the abortion pill. Now they can go to the doctor and take a course of pills, and life has ended. And that breaks my heart for both that child and for the mother. And, of course, the dad, because lots of times the, the dad has no idea. And so we do have some um, material and some resources that we can direct the, the dads to. So I thank you for inviting me here this morning. Um, It's the first time I've been in church for a few months. (laughs) As I say, I've tried to stay pretty close to home in my new new community. (laughs) People ask me, why Killarney? Well, you know, I'm closer to 70 than I am 60, and I'm hoping that I will be released to retire soon. (laughs) And uh, I've always loved Killarney. I'm Scottish, born and raised there. My kids are both Scottish, and I used to camp in the campground here uh, with my family when they were young. So I've always loved Killarney, and my granny was Irish, and I'm Scottish, and need I say more? (laughs) But I thank you so much. You have a beautiful church, and... I really, I feel a welcoming spirit, so thank you so much for the invitation. And if you've got any questions, see me afterwards. I'm on a bit of a break starting tomorrow, so you will see me around maybe a wee bit more in the community, so please say hi. I'm terrible with names, but just trip me up. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Thank you, Kathleen, for coming this morning. Um, I brought Kleenexes up this morning because um, I was one of the people, um, 28 years ago, that, that um, went to adoption, or to, to Christ's Center. And um, the counseling there was amazing. And um, I worked through adoption options, and I chose to keep Eric. And, um, He is a testimony of, of um, God's grace and God's love and when I look at him, um, I just know that he has been a blessing to me and to my family and now to our church. So, <clears throat> I can't come up here without crying so there we go. <laughs> um, I w- would like to share with you this morning though. Um, the wonderful opportunity that I've, that I've had. Um, I, might need, I might need Luke to come up here and help me. Um, the wonderful opportunity I've had over the years to lead mission teams to Guatemala. So I've had the opportunity to, um, to, to take six mission teams to Guatemala over the years. And uh, through Lakeside Christian School, where I'm the principal, uh, we ha- we wanted to figure out a way to um, have our students and our families see the world beyond Killarney borders. And um, so at that time, when I first started going, Association of Christian Schools International, which our school is a part of, they were offering... Um, a program called Destinations, where Christian schools in North America were connected with Christian schools of the same organization around the world. China, Europe, uh, South America, Central America. And so we chose Guatemala because, honestly, most people couldn't, t- couldn't find it on a map. And, um, and God just, just put that upon our hearts. So we have been able to, to work beside our school families, but also our community here. And and so some of you, this, is, this will be the, the sixth presentation you have seen of Guatemala mission trips, because you as a, as a congregation have been so generous in your giving, um, not only financially, but in your prayers and your support to uh, to the, the the staff and the students and the families that have gone. So here we are. This is um, in January when we could gather together, lay hands upon the people that are that were part of our school that were that were heading out to do missions. So we were preparing for mission. And, uh, and we, we got together as a, as a school, and we just prayed. And it was, um, um, it was something that, that everyone that was a part of it, uh, we could just feel God's presence there. So this was our team for 2020. Uh, so Luke Reimer came uh, from the back row. So Luke Reimer and Steve Petker Era Smith and her dad Ryan, Caden and um, Caden and Maddie came along as well. Ben Cameron, Barry, and myself, Terrence Clark, who used to be um, part of our school as well. He's now in Steinbach. So then Maddie and then Olivia Harder. So that was our team, and uh, we were that was that was just we had all the suitcases packed and we took a picture and then headed out. So this is um, some of our traveling pictures. Um, <laughs> it's a little tiring, if you can tell. The boys were uh, having a little snooze on the plane. But when we get there, we bring all of our suitcases um, with us. We pray over them so that we can get from Guatemala City to San Bartolo safely. It's about three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour drive through the mountains. And when we arrive, the church sets up a... a um, authentic Guatemalan meal for us um, before we head out for the week. Um, this year, we brought along very much many of the same things that we usually bring. So Sunday school supplies. Um, we bring medical supplies along, but not medications. So all the medical supplies we bring along are expired, so you cannot use them or sell them in Canada, but they can be used in Guatemala. We have... Um, we have a letter from an organization stating that they are not for resale, so it is it is um, a it, it's a mission um, organization that helps helps missions go to poor countries and bring medical supplies there. So things like gloves and scissors and those kinds of things. We also bring school supplies that we can't purchase in San Bartolo very easily. So we do bring we do. Uh, bring money along so we can purchase things there that they can pur- that we they can get so it supports the local business as well. Um, infant clothes and infant supplies we give most of those to the doctor there because she is one doctor for almost fifty villages. An, and the, she doesn't have a nurse to support her, and so she always brings gifts to the ba- the, the parents that have babies within with hopefully within a month of them being born. And they are born at home, most of them. We also bring baking supplies along um, because the pastor of the church, his wife, now runs a bakery in that, in that village, the first one in the village. And she started doing that because of the supplies we've been bringing her over the years. So cake pans. Um, she can't get muffin cut, like those muffin um, sleeves. Um, can't get them so we brought her a couple thousand so that she could do that um, and just like icing tips and those kinds of things things she can't get um, and also shoes you bring shoes along for for the, for the children because um, in order for them to go to school they need to have they need to have um, black, um, dress shoes and they're very expensive so we if we can't bring enough money to buy them for them we bring a bunch along. So our suitcases were packed and then also our VBS uh, supplies. We also bring things along for the churches so this year it was a package of about 60-70 pages things that they can use for Sunday school, things they can use for encouragement for their, for their community. We brought one copy and then they can go ahead and get them photocopied in town so we brought those things along as well. This is a picture of San Bartolo, so from our hotel. And so it was a great place for us to stay this year. We had running water for the first time um, in our hotel. So that was really um, strange, but it was great. And it was a great place to stay because we could overlook the the village and we could just pray over them and pray that, that God would speak through us to Whatever need we were going to come upon, and this is now the compassion center, so when we first came, we actually had a spade and shovel pick and axe, and we and we dug that foundation and this is now the this is now a functioning building and uh, Last time we were there, the stairs were wide open. There were there were no railings at all, um, and they didn't have windows in. They didn't have flooring in. Now this is the this is the second largest compassion center in all of Guatemala. Um, they 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 have about 375 kids that come to the compassion center every week, and that was exciting to actually be in there and to be part of their daily routines. It was so, it was so great. Um, these are the kids that can't afford to go to school because in Guatemala you can't, like it's not free education, you have to pay to go to public school. Um, so if you can't afford that, then you can go to the Compassion Centres and they're teaching them to read and write and love Jesus. And um, it, it was just so exciting. So um, the the gray area, um, on this side here, that is their their the start of their church building. We had no part of fundraising or working in that part because we are just worried about the Compassion Center slash school. So we just worked on the finished part. The, the church area, that's theirs, that they've been working on for years. Um, we were able to use it to... Um, as a, as a space to, to do our program in for Compassion, but we did not put anything towards it. Um, okay, so what our job was this, this time was because the Compassion Center is so full of kids and they need more space, we were working on um, making part of the roof um, a office space so that the office space that's in the compassion center right now can now be used for another big area so they can increase the amount. So the guys had to make scaffolding, guys and girls had to make scaffolding. And um, then after that, it was a, um, a line of work, literally. So about 500 cement blocks, we had to pull up and um, go had to go up onto the roof, cement mix had to go up there, water and gravel, and then they had, they actually made cement by hand and shovel on top on the roof to, to, to connect the, the, the bricks. So, some people chose to wear gloves carrying cement blocks, some chose not to, and all, of, but all of us worked together, and... Um, it was a long, long, long week of work, but it was a good week of work. Um, some of the guys had construction um, experience in Canada, and this was a different experience in Guatemala, for sure. Um, in the church, I don't know if you remember years ago when, we, when um, actually, Corey, you were helping us dig. Uh, the next day, when we were digging the foundation, some of the area was full of water, some of those holes are full of water, and they found an aquifer in the back corner of the church built like of the of the compassion building area, which is unheard of in the mountains there and but God knew, and they turned that area into um, a, a water dispensing area, so they actually supply water to the, 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 the town um, there is. So they, so a, a company from the United States came in and they were able to put the purification system in and that's, that's another whole ministry. So you can see in here that it's quite, um, quite up to date and quite new. That, that is what the church is using to build their church now. They're able to make the, have funds in order to build a building. So here's just some pictures of, the, of everyone working. And we use the building inside for breaks and for doing ministry. So we were able to do some VBS programming with the kids in Compassion, which was just amazing because years ago when we started, I never imagined that we would be able to come back and do this. This is inside the Compassion classrooms. So um, they now have windows with actual, like they've got window openings, but they actually have windows in it. And the kids have desks and they've they they um, they've got great teachers. They all um, are vetted for their faith and those kinds of things. And so they definitely have an evangelical background and they are... Their, their main concern is, is that the kids learn to love Jesus. But you can see they've got, they, they, do, they do numeracy, they do literacy, and they really do um, teach to the whole child. Um, here we are at the medical center, so medical clinic. Again, um, Dr. Carolina is the only doctor for a very large area. And we were able to bring supplies there. So um, we were we actually fundraised to bring her brand new stethoscopes. So every year we've been, every time we've gone, we brought her like five or six old stethoscopes. I'm not a nurse or a doctor, so I don't know what that means. Except um, when she saw that we brought her an actual doctor's stethoscope, she cried because it was. It's just she could actually hear things that she wouldn't wasn't able to do that before Um, so that was that was really a good thing Um, and we also were able to bring um, toothbrushes Dr. Mark donated a hundred of them so we gave them all to her we were able to get her gloves and masks which which she now is so thankful for because she had none not one in the clinic We did house visits, like we always do, so we did a lot of uh, walking to different homes. And here is a typical home in the mountains, um, holding on to each other as we uh, try to traverse the, the rocky roads, and of course, uh, playing with the babies and uh, yeah, it was, it was just really, it was really great to be able to connect with the people again and now that we've been there a number of times, and a number of our team members have been there a number of times, there's a real connection there with the people in San Bartolo. Um, Barry and I have been sponsoring a, a child from, from San Bartolo since he was 12. He's now 21, so he's no longer part of the Compassion um, um, program anymore, But through going to San Bartolo, uh, we've been able to connect with him and his family each time. And he is now a nurse in Guatemala, and he is going towards being a doctor. So just two weeks ago, he went to the university to try to get his his tests all organized so he could hopefully get into the university there. And so we were able to also bring him stethoscopes and um, some medical things, because he does work in a clinic. He has been now called to the National Hospital for working with COVID patients. And so we are able to connect on Messenger and uh, Google Translate is good most of the time, not always, but um, we we're, were able to, um, to have him part of our extended family. So this is Aaron and we uh, were just so blessed to be able to be part of his family. We do church services, and uh, the one thing we did this year was um, we had a, a, a song in Spanish play um, Jesus. It's called, it was called Jesus, but I think it's Chris Tomlin, and um, maybe not Chris Tomlin. Um, and we we did we did the face of Jesus in four different sections, and then at the end, we the the, the guys put that together, and then it was something that that the that the church could then. Keep as a reminder of, um, of the power and the grace of Jesus. So this is what we. This is one of the things that we did for our church ministries. And we do lots of team bonding. Um, we had lots of fun. Um, our translator was Henry. So um, if any of you guys have been there and and you know Henry, like he is the same same lovely um, young man and um, just a lot of, of really um, really serious times with our team to connect and to, to, and to share the love of God amongst each other and to encourage each other, because it can be a long week, uh, a long couple, a long 10 days there. Um, and it was just so good to, to see the team bonding throughout the week. Um, on our on the very last service, we were we we were, Barry and I were honored to be part of the 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 lead team that was um, that was given a thank you by, by the church. So this is Brian and Kathy Ladd on on this side. Um, they are the missionary couple that that is um, that they are Heartbeat Ministries. They are who we go through. Um, Kathy has been diagnosed with breast cancer um, since we got home, uh, I think, in March. So we were definitely praying for her and for Brian's family. And then Pastor Julio and Juanita are, are, are on my side there, and they are the, the pastor couple for the church that, um, that the Compassion Centre is, is uh, working under. And so us as couples, um, Brian, Kathy... And Pastor Julio and Manita, they actually got this whole idea started with a cup of coffee. They sat down for coffee and they said, "What if we could bring a compassion center here to San Bartolo, in one of the poorest places in Guatemala?" And so they gave us coffee, and just um, we just had a really good evening um, with the, with the with the community, with the with the church. And um, we are, Barry and I are a very small part of that, and they blessed us as, joint, as, as um, allowing us to be part of that. Um, but it, I want to show this to you because as we were up there and I had the cup of coffee in my hand, I thought of each one of you guys. And um, doing missions is amazing. Um, going to a place one time can be life-changing. Going back over the years to the same place and seeing how God has worked through different people and different situations, um, there is something deep that happens inside your soul when when you can see how God has continued to work there and you go back. And, you know, some people have fallen from grace and some people have continued in it, in grace. And some people have... Their lives have been changed, and that other people have chosen not to. But to be able to see um, that, that people are the same, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter um, which family you're from, um, we all need Jesus. And um, when you can be part of another community and you don't understand the language, but you, you, kind of, you, under, you start to notice things in a different way. Because you, don't, you can't understand what they're saying, but you can see their heart. And so standing up there, I thought, what a blessing. And I, w- I wish that each one of you could have been there, not just once, but, but each time with us. Um, and so for me to be able to share this with you this morning, uh, I just wanna thank you for the encouragement that you have given us that you've given the, 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 the team members. We've had a lot of people from our church that have not only been there with us, but they, you have prayed and you have supported us um, in such amazing ways. And I think we've figured that there's, a, there's 50, four, between 45 and 50 people from Killarney that have gone to Guatemala with us over the years. That's a lot. Um, I look around and I can see a number of faces that have been there with with me. And it's just, um, you know, you know if you've been. So this was the very last picture that uh, that we took. Um, And I just want to share Manolo's story. So Manolo is standing um, just between Ryan and Olivia. So Manolo is one of those people that God um, reached down and... Touched. His family, um, they are the the um, they are the witchcraft, the head of the witchcraft um, organized organization, or or I don't want to say church, but they are the the witchcraft cult in that area, and he that's what he grew up with. And he was called to God in his early teen teen years, and so he had to run from his family when he realized who God was. And this church embraced him and helped build him up. He is such a strong man of faith. Um, He is now the head of Compassion in San Bartolo. He is the worship um, leader or worship pastor in their church. And his faith... Because he's had to work through so much garbage in his life, his faith is um, solid. And, and it's something that, that, that he it just radiates from him. The love of Jesus and, and the forgiveness that he has felt, He just shares it openly. And when he's up worshiping, um, you can just feel the presence of God. You can feel the Holy Spirit there. And um, that smile that he has on on there—that is his—that is his face. That when I think of, of Manolo, that's it, that is his faith. He has a smile, um, because he has he has been delivered from so much darkness. So, the team. Radiated to him, they just they could just feel there was something different about this man, and uh, we just we just love um, so many of the, the people in San Bartolo and in Guatemala. So with that, I just wanted to say um, thank you so much um, to God. Be all the glory for um, for for doing the things that He's done in in San Bartolo area, and um, and it is it has nothing to do. With, with, um, with, it's not it's not me. It is God working through me. And um, I just want to say again, thank you to our to our church. Thank you, thank you for supporting the ministry in here in Killarney with a, with the school, but also in the ministries that we do outside the school.